on last week's Irrevelations. Goods for services. You be a good boy. I won't let the Philistines rape your wife. And God says, all right, listen, do you know my fucking story? I have been living in a tent, traveling around the desert, getting drug around by my dirty chosen people for centuries. When God comes to earth, even inanimate objects are going to be fucking jazzed. I'm just going to say the rape and murder and slavery that God condones and demands, I can live with. It's the hypocrisy. And then he enslaved all their people and made them work with tools and stuff. David's brother actually kills one of them. Some other guys kill some other ones. One of them had six fingers and six toes on each hand freaks circus show all the times and places in the world to exist to create a chosen people his everlasting legacy is 800 years of meh before we turn to the world can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed and I don't feel good about myself. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. God, I am America. Death in the The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Pray this simple prayer. Lord, speak to me. So a Fox News uh, outlet in the area, a local Fox News station. NBC, I thought. Oh, I thought it was Channel 9 Fox News. Okay. Well, anyways. Whatever. Doesn't really Doesn't matter. matter. It, it's not really relevant to the case. It's just kind yeah, of because local affiliates are not like their national yeah, counterparts yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, but a what I thought was was a local Channel Nine Fox News station hired private security to protect them during as they were essentially reporting on the protests. Yeah, which I wanted to get into because their reporting on the protests was interesting in itself because it was a group of again sort of right wing people coming in from all over, obviously looking for a scrape. You know. Yeah. Yes. Obviously, yeah, we're just here to profess our love of Trump, love of police, and hatred of black people. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, uh, all lives matter. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, I didn't mean to say that part. Uh, I mean, all lives matter, you know. You know what I mean, boys. And they all wink each other. Yeah, you you saved it. Um, Finger guns each other. (laughs) And then someone real guns them. But just like, like, yeah, I'm just here to support my love of Trump. But if those filthy leftists, all they want is violence. That's all they want. And if they want it, I'll give it to them. You're like, okay. And then they interviewed the leftists who, uh, honestly, I don't know, maybe just because I hate, like, general leftist. Uh, it, it feels like such pageantry leftist protests these days. But, sure. um, but there's a bunch of leftists that they interviewed to be like, yeah, we're just here to counter-protest their protest. Tell them how much that, you know, we, we, we black blue lives matter, or black lives matter, you know, and, and we're, yeah, here to, yeah. we're here to support Biden. And if those motherfuckers want to scrape. Well, they just better come with it because I'll kick their ass. It's like, okay. So we just have two groups of people hoping nothing happens, but also armed to the teeth and like rattling fences and shit. Like, all right. Definitely hoping something happens. Definitely hoping something happens. I'm just hanging out here with my baseball bat and my hockey gloves and my football helmet, just hoping nothing happens, you guys. Hey, what are you going to do if it does? What are you going to do? And in this, uh, in these tits, in, in, in essentially the standoff that they're in where they get to protest political theater, um, yeah. some right-wing guy 
tried to pick a fight with the reporters thinking they were left wing, I guess. And yeah, the, the reporters who had an armed guard. Yeah. The reporters who had an armed guard. Yeah. Hey, fuck around. Find out. Um, yep. Tried to pick a fight with the Fox News security team thinking they were left wing is what I've heard. Who knows? Uh, and the armed guard for Fox News shot one of the right wing protesters. As he was, like, bear-macing them and shit? Yeah, first he punched the guy. There's also a still of that guy punching the uh, guard in the face. Like, knocking his glasses off, he hit him so hard. And then I think he stumbles back. That's when he bear-maces him, too. And that's when the shot came He Trayvon Martin his ass. Yeah. Well, no, don't say that. (laughs) You're going to punch a guy with a gun. You know what happens. I mean, I'm sure that guy was at Trayvon Martin's funeral, probably dancing. And then the irony of it all. Yeah. But, um, but funny shit. Very, uh, I mean, that's one of those things that's going to play out and everyone's going to just, no matter what fucking happens, everyone's already got an opinion set about this. And that's kind of all there is to it, which is why, and this is the next thing I want to talk about, I think we're going to have a civil war next month. <laughs> um, I... That was honestly one of the things I thought was so interesting was just how close to violence everyone already was. Oh, yeah, dude. Spun the fuck up. itching for a fight. I don't think we're close to a legitimate civil war. I think we're just close to clashes. More violence. Yeah, I think we're close to violence for sure. I think we're close to clashes i don't think the nation is divided geographically as much as it used to be sure i, I mean it's it like these guys are here those guys are there right it's not really a north of... and south it seems more like it's like cities versus rural populations and then even within those cities it's demographically different you know like even yeah i was reading I mean, a, the fact that texas is texas is almost a swing state this year that says it all that's crazy yeah so you know, even if people were like, yeah, let's wall off Texas and make it a new republic. Guess what? You guys are probably just a few years from uh, universal health care, which I think would be funny if, like, Texas secedes and then goes full blue. <laughs> just starts getting like, would be universal pretty interesting. Healthcare and, like the, A new, like, uh, liberal utopia. Right. Could happen. Yeah. If it's ever gonna. That's why I know, I could see that. I, I, I don't. I'm at the point now where, like, I don't think there's going to be an all-out, like, right, you know, widespread violence, civil war type shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be like surprised if there was, you know. I I could see. I could see. Let's say Trump loses. Yeah. I could see. Almost like a mirror image of when Trump won. Like, the level of people on the streets dragging their nuts on things. Like, yeah, yeah, you like that shit? Yeah, Take off yeah. your fucking Hillary sticker, bitch. You know, fucking teabagging the hoods of cards and shit. I could see yeah. that going over. But whereas I think Hillary Clinton's fans and all those people were kind of dismayed and disheartened, I, I, I legitimately see Trump supporters being, like, angry. And they've already been spun up to the idea that it's fraud and that it's time to fight back for our country. So I, I, yeah. I, I could see Biden supporters... Arrogantly and angrily, and not and, and maybe and justifiably, fucking being like, yeah, fuck you guys, and it yep. going south. And I, I can see that happening everywhere. I'm going to be armed to the teeth, but I don't necessarily see like barricades and uh, the Walking Dead type scenarios. And sure, sure. 
I mean, you'll be fine. You're in like downtown Orlando. I mean, I'm in fucking the Texas suburbs, buddy. I gotta watch out. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, I was watching those videos where like Proud Boys were like sign up fucking roadblocks and what? checkpoints for like their pro- like we're here for security for the you know the Unite the Right rally, whatever. And like we're stopping people uh, on bicycles based on skin color. <laughs> I mean, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No. who are you for? Where are you going? Where are you going, buddy? Where are you going? Sorry. All right, get on out of here. Jesus Christ. I gave him a visual pat down. Uh, I saw one where it was like just a bunch of cunts wearing like tactical gear, stopping people on bicycles and like questioning them and then like kicking after his bike, like, get out of here. Just Ugh. just your low level thuggery fantasy LARPing bullshit. Yeah. I could see that happening. George Zimmerman bullshit. That's what I love about Florida, man. If I fucking hit a roadblock run by Plowboys, Boys, goddamn. I'm gonna, gonna go up in flames. Gonna go up in flames. I'm not even going to stop it. I'm gonna stop a couple hundred yards away and just, <laughs> start, shooting. <laughs> just start shooting. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll and that's that a out. fucking fact. <laughs> you should, uh, you should, in case they get the better of you, though, you should start carrying with a dead man switch on you. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So wherever Missy is, she blows up. As soon as she dies. <laughs> What I'm going to do is I'm just going to plant a bunch of dildos loaded with C4 just around the area. And with those Proud Boys trying to butt fuck themselves with it. <laughs> and speaking of them, and God, we should get to the Bible soon. Have you seen that uh, that the gays took over Proud Boy Twitter? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, also. So awesome. <laughs> um, let's get into social media because there was one thing I've noticed. is um, Do you remember when, first of all, yes, gay guys in probably my favorite <laughs> little piece of social media marketing have taken over proud boys hashtag proud boys <laughs> yeah. just two gay guys in love kissing fucking dynamically fantastic just like we yeah. are some real proud boys <laughs> and that's the ones so i've good. seen i know that it's out if you look hard enough you'll find like here's me butt fucking my husband hashtag proud boys so proud right <laughs> now you know? so which i love yeah. i support yeah it's, it's natural but um yeah, what were you going to say? No, Social media? I just, um, I remember there was this 4chan sort of campaign. I want to say early 2016. Like, okay. it was one of those sort of things where it's like, you see, the left is the, the wrong. It's, it's the leftists that want violence and are intolerant. And one of their campaigns to prove it was the It's Okay to Be White campaign. Do you remember that? <laughs> Yes. And, like, kids were posting it at their schools and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's okay to be like, white. And yeah. people would be freaking out and be like, you're suspended for hate speech. I'm like, all I'm saying is, it's okay to be white. And I had to agree with sort of 4chan that it was pretty good marketing that a guy wearing a shirt saying, I'm allowed to be white. And then people assuming he's racist kind of is, well, is they're pretty effective right, baiting. though. He probably is racist. Probably. You wouldn't come out of your... You wouldn't put that shirt on because you that's legitimately right. just go about your business. You're, you're trying to pick a fight. So that's fine. Yes. But I love that uh, It's Okay to Be White was met with... almost was just kind of like, hey, you suck. And yet Black Lives Matter has gotten such... Fr- like, what do you mean? You say no lives matter but black people? This is about black supremacy. This is like, no, no. Oh, we're I just, see what you're saying. Yeah. They flipped it. They yeah. flipped the script. The conservatives Yeah, did. I, I didn't really yeah. think about it that, you know, it's okay to be white. It was like, no, we're just saying it's okay to be white. Hey, we're just saying black lives matter. Fuck you. What'd you say? All lives matter. All lives matter. Ah, you're saying my right. life doesn't matter? No, I'm saying that black lives matter. Yeah. No, it is hilarious. But, and then they, re- I think they realize that's a losing battle, right? Because obviously uh, 
syn- like syntactically or whatever. It's it makes sense. So they've already just started blaming uh, Black Lives Matter on George Soros and or communism, two totally Marxism, opposed ideas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a multi-billionaire and a wealth-spreading ideology. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just a multi-billionaire who also wants to just I want- <laughs> bring society down and, and have 15-mile-long lines for beats. I want to be put up against the wall, please. <laughs> if you could. Would someone come over here and eat me? <laughs> Guillotine much? Just, just George Soros with a noose? Like anybody? I I, I would Kill, love it if uh, George Soros just paid guys to. I was gonna say I, I would I would love it if George Soros got his start because he paid men to strangle him in the shower while he masturbates, and he's like, you know what? Okay. What is the natural conclusion of this? <laughs> he's just like. Jesus. I'm going to create an entire social media campaign where I try to turn the world against the ultra-rich so someday someone in here breaks into my home and strangles me and I have the greatest orgasm known to man. Hey, everyone deserves their little piece of paradise, George Soros included. (laughs) George Soros included. Uh, Okay, so, yeah, speaking of old juice, (laughs) (laughs) this Um, is the Revelations podcast. Old juice. Uh, Yeah, uh, I'm Cole Deluski. And I'm Grant DeVoiced, and we are on episode 107. Yeah. Finishing up Chronicles uh, today. Yeah, we're going to knock this bitch out because we know you're bored, all right? We're bored. I will say the numbers have been going up. It looks like people are maybe getting back to their routines, right? They're listening to podcasts again, so that's cool. You know, um, uh, I know, obviously, our stance is for science and wear your masks and... Uh, yes. Take the quarantine seriously. But if people getting back to work, even though it's dangerous, means that our listener count goes back up, I'm about yeah. it. That's a sacrifice well, just, I'm willing to make. Of It's because a lot of people just listen to their podcast in the car. Here's what you do. Go in the garage, shut the garage door, right. run your car, and listen to a podcast yeah, for a while. Obviously. For hours. We suggest that. <laughs> hours. And tell people, hey, I'm going to be listening to the podcast. Nobody bother me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe even run a hose, just so you don't get poisoned, run a hose from your uh, exhaust into the house <laughs> <laughs> while, you're, while your family's yeah. asleep. Or better yet, just so you don't disturb it, do it at like 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Okay, so now, that, now that we've got that covered, let's jump into the Bible. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are now in so, uh, First Chronicles chapter 21. That's right. Um, Time for a census, just a, like America this year, huh? Yeah, topical. Yeah, we're, we're so we, we mentioned this last time. It, it didn't make sense. It makes even less sense now, which is interesting because, as we've mentioned, Chronicles is essentially the last book that was written in the Old Testament, right? Yes. So yeah. it it is something written to summarize things that happened in the past, but with all the context of reading the entire Bible first. So there are some instances where they're sort of recontextualizing or adding more information or kind of retconning some things or inserting certain things that they think will make more sense. One of the things that's suspicious is their treatment of priests. Yeah. Because it might have been that the priests as we know them didn't really exist until after the Babylonian exile so that they inserted them into the Bible. Uh, One of the other things that's interesting is that – as far as I'm basically, aware, this is the first mention of they're Satan. Giving, 
they're giving the priest midichlorians after the fact. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had to get that joke in, but no, I'm that's still running. Right. All right, go yeah, you know they're like, oh, by the way, that's that's how it always was. By the way, yeah, uh, yeah. Darth Vader was Luke's father. I didn't just, <laughs> I didn't just make that up in chapter two. It was always the case. Remember when uh, Ben was like, oh, he killed your dad. I gotta fucking switch that around because that doesn't. Make yeah, sense we're gonna figure that. in a way he did. Anyways, yes. Yeah, sorry. Continue. Priests. And now, interesting, and I, and I and I'm pretty sure, but I think this is the first mention of the word Satan. Yeah. So yeah. they're inserting Satan. Into the story of David when it wasn't originally there. But let's be clear. This isn't the word Satan. It's interpretation of a word that loosely means adversary to mean Satan. So earlier when they used this exact same word, Hebrew word, it was intended to mean just an adversary. Now they're saying basically the adversary rose up against Israel. So you're like, okay, it's an otherworldly. It's the fallen angel, right? It's not just, you know, fucking Joe down the street that's kind of an asshole. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. It, it, to me, it almost kind of speaks of, like, um, how people are like, oh, well, we all know the snake in the Garden of Eden was Satan. And it's like, well, the Bible itself doesn't, it, it treats the snake as if it's just some, it's a fucking snake. You know, yeah, just, this is all some fan fiction bullshit. Yeah. Right. It, it doesn't really. It, it's kind of weird that they're now inserting in like, oh, there's here's the time where Satan did that thing we all know Satan does. Like, well, when you first told the story, David was just kind of, I don't know, yeah, he fucked up. It was yeah. It was just him. I think it intended to show in the original telling that he was kind of it was like a pride thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it's like, oh, the devil's in him. You know, it's uh, it it also uh, kind of maybe it's kind of one of those things where it also is that Christian thing where they try to avoid blame by blaming Satan. You know, yeah. where it's like, hey, you got caught snorting meth off a fucking dude's boner, and you're also a huge piece of shit. And he's like, well, that was guys. Sometimes I'm just weak to Satan. You know, he's strong, and <laughs> sometimes I just fell. Rippling to Satan. muscles. <laughs> That's why every Thursday night you say you're bowling, but you really go to a fucking road stop. And fuck a handful of guys in the woods. It's like, that's Satan. That's not me, even. I'm not to blame, really. You know. Here's the funny thing is that it already kind of gave Saul this excuse because God was like possessing him with demons. Right. Um, and that's why I always had a kind of a soft spot for Saul. Now here we are saying, well, David was influenced by Satan. It's different because it's not God sending Satan, but it's just kind of interesting that, um, I don't know, so often these like weird outside forces are inserted so casually to uh, explain away like bad behavior or whatever. Yeah. A, a spirit of jealousy or a spirit yeah. of madness or, or something. It, it, it kind of, it kind of almost has that sort of Greek mythology type deal where it's like, yeah. yeah, Zeus just sometimes he gets bored and he goes down, he rapes a chick as a shower of coins and he makes a guy into a goat, whatever. He just, just, he just, just screwballing around just a couple of scams yeah. up there. Um, so, Essentially, chapter 21 is recontextualizing David's census, which is a confusing story. But now it's saying that Satan convinced David, hey, you know what you should do? You should number people and figure out how many citizens you have in the nation of Israel. That's right. Now, the reason that my Bible says this is a sin is because numbering the people. So remember, God promised Abraham 
that his people would be like the stars, countless. Okay. So countless <laughs> means can't be counted. Okay. Now, sure, at one point in the desert, Moses took, took the census, census. Yes, famously. But the this concordance explains it away, saying, well, he charged everyone a half a shekel as part of the census, and that kept away the plague. Uh, yes, my concordance. <laughs> well, God, let me let me help you guys wrap your head around this because it's that fucking stupid. So my Bible says, and it does. I don't remember it mentioning that everyone had to pay. But, but God I guess they told did. Moses to take a census. It wasn't. I a, know. Okay. I know. <laughs> All right. So they're saying that because everyone paid, that kept the angel of death away from the people. Now this time, as we know, because we already read the story, David takes a census. That is basically doubting that God actually made the Israelites as numerous as the stars. Turns out that he did, because there are one million stars. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> there are. So. Yeah, there's exactly a million. Asshole. 1.1 million stars. Um, it, it It's like, it's like if your leader was like, hey, by the way, the virus is done. And you're like, yeah. well, what if we do some tests? You stop testing. He's like, are you challenging me? Just the virus <laughs> is done. I'm not sick. It's fine. Stop testing. It's over. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't make sense. So you're trying to tell me that – I'm trying to think of an analogy to um, – <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you Let's ever – one of my favorite shows is called The Life and Times of Tim. It was on HBO. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah. But one of the ones was uh, the eponymous character Tim has a friend who's a priest who had to take a sabbatical from the church for getting caught in some skanky behavior. Okay. Um, right Except before he comes back, he's hanging out with Tim. They go to the club, and he starts dancing with girls. And him and Tim are dancing. There's a girl between them, you know. And uh, they're like, "What was that about?" He's like, "Guys, guys, the sin is not. We made a sandwich with you. You made a sandwich with a girl." And he's like, "Guys, the sin is in the meat. I was just the bread. All right. Like, it has nothing to do with it. Like it just seems like it's Yikes. like it's like this weird loophole that makes it okay. Like, guys, yes, technically Moses, the lawgiver." God's favorite boy also took a census, but it was fine because he charged a nominal fee. So it wasn't like it was socialism. Well, yeah, because that fee was went to like buy things for God or something. It says I should almost look it up again. I don't care enough. But don't they the point need a census to tax properly? Is that the whole point? Is that everyone has to pay? Yeah, and again, God's so braggy. Why wouldn't he want there to be a record of how many people he has? Unless again. There actually are more than a million stars. <laughs> In which case, he lied. Yeah, I wonder what he's thinking. Uh, it, it, I, I didn't realize that the census was contextualized as like God, David questioning God. Because it yeah. also well, makes it not. sound like that David, the whole reason that David took a census was to brag about how many people he has. But if that was the case, wouldn't it be like, yeah, look at how many dudes we have? You know, it's, I don't know. It's definitely a kind of thing I think that we'll never be able to understand just because it's so culturally specific. You know, right? And that like these concordances scrambling to make sense of it are not doing a great job either. But I, regardless, I just imagine he if, shouldn't have done it. I just imagine if like God's like, and then God said our ancestors would be as numerous as the sands. And then you like your kid comes to school is like, what's this? He's like, teacher says I have to do a family tree, and he's like, you son of a bitch! How dare you? We're very ashamed that there's only seventy of us. Okay. Um, anyway, so, we should probably move on. <laughs> yeah, let's because we have the We're rest still of this book on the finished. first verse. So uh, Joab tries to stop 
David from doing this. He tries to explain, look, David, come on. There's a lot of us. Chill. Joab, who's famous for being a sinful, murdering piece of shit. If Joab's be like, a bro. Psychopath. A psychopath. A murdering yeah. monster. It'd be like it'd be like if like George Bush was like, you know what we should do? Go to war in Iraq. And then like Ted Bundy was like, I don't know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it would be exactly like that. Uh it would <laughs> so uh, eventually, David basically overrules Joab's uh, objections and sends Joab out to do it. But it, what's weird? So he finds, um, like I said, 1.1 million men who could handle a sword. Um, and 400,000 of those were just in Judah, which is wild. That's almost half. Well, yeah, um, it's kind of basically. There's a couple instances where they start to separate Judah and sort of show some of the the arguments between Judah and Benjamin, Judah and a couple others, to you know, sort of separate. And again, this is written with the context that Judah's kingdom was the last surviving one. Yes. Um, So one thing that it tells us is that Joab did not count the Levites or the Benjamites. Right. uh, Just because he was so repulsed by David's command. Don't get it. Whatever. But God knew it was evil, and Joab knew it was evil somehow. So, God basically goes to David through the voice of Gad, David's seer, and he says, you got three choices. You guys remember this. The choices are either three years of famine, three months of getting trampled by uh, nearby enemies, or three days of the literal sword of the angel of death showing up as a plague. Right. So, Right, it's it's a. Do you want to get it over with? Do you want to rip the bandaid off, or do you want to drag it out? <laughs> David, as you remember, says, "Look, uh, I'm in deep distress. Uh, let me fall at the hands of the Lord. I don't want to fall into human hands, which famine would technically uh, include because you'd have to like be at a, a you're, you're deficit. Yeah, you're weakened yeah. by famine. You're, you're basically so he doesn't want three years of famine. He doesn't want three months of uh, being put to the sword. So he chooses three days of his people being just butchered by the angel of death. So sure enough, God sends this plague." 70,000 men basically die instantly. Um, and as this is going on, even though it's only a three day period, God basically sees it happening and it's like, all right, all right, all right, slow down. Uh, <laughs> he's like, this is actually pretty fucked up. Um, <laughs> even God's like, ah, Jesus. Okay, this violence was much more gratuitous than what I planned. Yeah. I mean, I'm God, I can foresee everything, but even I wasn't expecting yeah. my angel to just start murdering Jews like this. This is a little bit. This is like, but this is like Elton John seeing an outfit and being like, "No, that's too fabulous. I can't, <laughs> um, I can't wear it." So something. I mean, of course, we. What's odd is that we covered this in. Um, I want to say Second Samuel. Yeah, that, it must have been. Um, we covered this in Second Samuel, which oddly enough, the plague, our current plague, our current pandemic, was still ongoing, and we thought that was funny that he had a census. And that yes. was God's reason for uh, bringing a pandemic onto them. And now we're still in that pandemic talking about that census as we've gotten to, as I was saying. But um, it is very interesting. As we mentioned then, we'll mention now, was that kind of David kind of comes off. It, it's a weird it's a weird story because essentially God's like, I told you not to do a census. He didn't, but he's saying now. He's like, you sinful son of a bitch. I'm now going to bring on punishment. You can either take on a large punishment for your people a punishment that's more geared towards you. It's still like a getting attacked or a plague. Yeah. And David basically goes, yeah, that all sounds terrible. Just please, whatever you do, don't let me be captured. Like God's yeah. basically listing three different punishments that are going to affect. They all suck. Yeah. But they're all geared towards civilians. You know, do you yes. want Israel to starve? Do you want them to be 
attacked by angry men with swords or do you want them to die from disease? And David's just like, whatever you do, just don't let me get captured, please. You know, it's like, uh, right. yeah. And it's crazy because a census is already probably pretty annoying back then, right? You probably got to <laughs> show up somewhere or something. So he's like doing this to his subjects, right? He's doing something to them as an authoritarian. By counting them. And yeah. then also choosing their punishment for what he did that does not really affect him besides losing subjects, right? So really fucked up. Um, so he, he basically, during all this, he gets into his fucking sackcloth, humbles himself besides, but uh, before God, and starts begging, like, "Hey, dude, come on! I did this, not the people. I do kind of feel bad now, a little bit, <laughs> enough to put on my dirty clothes, right? Big, big fucking deal, David." And he's like, "Look, they're just the sheep. I'm the shepherd. Come on, st- stop it. What do I got to do?" So God tells him, "All right." He, again, through Gad, this seer, he says, go up. You got to build this altar at this specific place, which is very weird. It's a Jebusite's house. All right. So David goes to the guy. He's like, look, brother, uh, I'm going to need to uh, to borrow your spot, your spot here. Again, we've heard this story. I'll speed through it. I want to borrow your spot. I want to build an altar. The Jebusite, uh, whose name is Arana, tries to just give it to David. David says, no, I have to pay because if I get it for free, it's like it doesn't count, which is true. Right. Um, and so finally he pays. He uh, buys some uh, some fucking livestock and all that and does gives the guy 600 shekels uh, for the property. So this is- he sets it back up. He sets up the burnt offering. The angel puts his sword back in his sheath. Everyone stops dying of the plague. It's really cute. This is this is the analogy I would put it on. Um, okay. You work for the mob, right? Yes, I and do. you're you're normally a good boy. You normally do what they ask. Uh, there's a drug deal that goes on, and then as the deal is going on, you're like, hold on, let's weigh the heroin. And then yeah, you weigh, as you and would. then your boss finds out. He's like, why'd you weigh the heroin? He's like, I just wanted to make sure that. We were getting a good deal. He's like, no, you shouldn't have done that. You should have trusted me. Bring your kid. I'm going to light him up with a blowtorch. And you're just <laughs> sitting there watching as he blowtorches your kid's hands. And you're like, okay, yeah. all right, seriously, I'm the guy that did it. This is fucking nuts. I mean, don't you have any I'm concept? Sorry of, I weighed it. Yeah. <laughs> don't you have any concept of justice? And he's like, no, I just like punishing people's kids for the sins of their father. He's like, all right, tell you what. And then he's like, all right, listen, I'm going to stop blowtorching your kid. But your kid has to give us your doghouse so that we could create a trophy statue for him. He's like, okay. You know? Cool. <laughs> you know, cool. like that's about, that about as much sense as that God decides to punish Israel for something David did. Does it so yeah. bad that David has to be the voice of reason to God? David the bloodshedder. David right? David the former bandit king murder machine. Has, rapist. Yeah, rapist has to be the one to tell God, hey, man, you're going a little too hard. This is fucked up. So God says, "All right, I need an altar. You need the, the the way you're going to make up for all the violence and senseless murder I've done is you need to make an altar telling me how good I am." And he's like, "All right, makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's a good and, story, and it works like a charm." Yeah, the angel puts his fucking sword away, uh, and everything's pretty again. You know, uh, that's basically the end of chapter twenty-one. Something I want to get into. Um, my concordance is funny on this. Um, I'm just going to read the whole thing. Men's action, which the Bible calls sin, are complex in their causes and results. This may be seen in the verse about Satan convincing David to do the senses. Is that uh, David's sin in numbering Israel? And David's sin in numbering Israel was, in some sense, the product not only of his own fallen nature, 
but also of the scheming of the evil one, which by the title means adversary. Satan is anxious to oppose the people of Israel by any means, because they are the channel through which God will redeem creation and display his own glory. The attempts of Satan to oppose God's plan, however, are futile, because in the infinite wisdom and mystery of God's will, although God in no way can be called the cause of sin, every event, however good or bad, ultimately serves his purposes. Hmm. So, <laughs> that's a long, wordy, double-think fucking soup of bullshit, but basically what they're saying is like yeah obviously satan's gonna do this shit because he just hates god and he's just absolutely but it's like the equivalent of like when everyone's like hey why did osama bin laden blow up the world trade centers and bush was like he hates america and our values he hates that we have baseball and apple pie you're like okay that's a Mm -hmm. that's an odd simplified opinion about a guy who uh isn't a nation that's being occupied by us but that's fine yeah yeah, it's because it's he doesn't like us being happy. It's not because we've been killing his people. We just blow up one um, of their hospitals and be like, this is because you don't like baseball. Like, that has nothing to do with what. Yeah. But just like the war in Iraq, good or bad, it all serves divine purpose. You know, like. Yuck. Like, so. Don't worry. Even though God felt the need to cause a plague and kill all these people in Davidson, te- technically because it's all towards God's story of redemption for mankind, it's cool. I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the end of chapter 21. Chapter 22 opens up, and we're going to get, this is going to kind of speed up as we go. Like, that's probably going to be the longest we spend on a chapter because it starts to get way dumber as we right. finish this book. Yeah, out. we're, we're, we're going to get to some shit that doesn't matter. But one of the things I think was interesting that I don't think I ever quite got originally reading the story is that yeah. God's like, you numbered people, that was fucked up, I'm going to start killing you guys. David's like, please, please stop killing us. You're fucked in the head, bro. Let's do anything else. And can I make this up to you? And God's like, go and make me an altar at this dude's house. Yeah. David buys the house, builds an altar, buys some cattle, burns cattle, has a a fucking sacrifice. I didn't realize that the place where he does all that is eventually where he builds the temple to God. Oh, wow. I didn't know that either. Like, we already had the story where God, where David's like, I really want to build God a temple. And, like, Nathan's like, you should do it, bro. And then God's like, no, tell him no. And he's like, okay. And then this altar, this land he bought because to to keep God from killing all his kids um, yeah. is the place where Solomon will build the temple. He bought the land and he provisions it and prepares it so that Solomon can, you know, alley-oop the job. But Oh, Okay. Interesting. I didn't quite. So that's and that's what this next chapter is all about, right? It's like it's basically David taking a trip to IKEA and buying all the parts for a temple, and then having it set out for his son to eventually assemble. Right. Um, the entire plot of Solomon. So twenty two opens up. It's called preparations for the temple in my Bible. Um, he basically gets all the foreigners together because we can make them into slaves. Cool. Maybe I don't know. It doesn't say slaves, but I think well, so. Well, if we recall, has, I don't know that's necessarily slaves. Um, he, he basically is like, yeah, let's get some wood, let's get some iron, let's get some craftsmen. We've mentioned yeah. a couple of these craftsmen. One of them was uh, the dude from Tyre, Hinnon. Yeah, Hinnon. that guy who like was just like a freak. Yeah, he was just really things. good at making metal. He's like, yeah, you're. So it, te- it it sounds more like they were like, yeah, it's like when you get a couch and you're like, oh yeah, I just got this from Italy. They know how to work leather. It's not really an gotcha, insult. Gotcha. It's not that they're foreigners. They just trust their skill. 
I feel like making they people brought in cut some big blocks outside of contractors. Cutting big blocks of stone, though, that's slaves. Uh, I, I mean, I think I think there's a skill for uh, chopping stone uh, into uh, squares. Not slaves. to say that their kind don't have skill in a very sort of savage beast-like way, but I'm saying... Okay. <laughs> good, <laughs> so regardless, David gets a bunch of stone cutters together, a bunch of, uh, I guess, blacksmiths to make irons and, ga- and like... Uh, what hinges and shit and a bunch of uh cedar logs from the top that's he got the cedar logs from tyra right the king sent him those uh, i think i think the cedar was from Sidonia. yeah whatever same thing <laughs> so um he, he basically is getting everything together and he's like look you know solomon he's done he's an experience it's going to be i know that god is going to have solomon build this temple so i'm just making it easier you know he's my boy i don't want him to it's gonna be a lot of work um and i imagine that um Probably there was some violence involved in all this. That's sort of between the lines. I mean, lines, that's just right? David's style. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's like it's like you tell your son you got to mow the lawn, but you pull the mower out of the shed and you get the gas and stuff like that. You do what you got. Yeah, do. yeah. So it, it exactly uh, essentially this whole chapter is that hey, that land that David bought to stop a plague, he was like, you know what, this is the spot where there's going to be a temple, and just to make sure it gets done, I'm going to get all the craftsmen and raw goods and bring them to this spot, and that's yeah. essentially the whole chapter. That's right. That makes sense. Um, that's, that's really all that happens. And, and he does at least explain, uh, God explains, or sorry, David explains to his son, Solomon. He's like, look, I can't build it because I shed too much blood. That's what God said. So he's letting Solomon know why this is being passed down to him. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's just a big chapter of like father, son talk. I don't know if this happened in, in Samuel. I don't remember this. Um, I don't think it happened in this order i think he's misremembering details or again because if we recall david was like hey i'm gonna build a temple no the fuck and god's like no the fuck you ain't and he's like all right well i'm gonna do a census and god's like no the fuck you ain't and he's like all right well i'm gonna get some wood i guess i don't know and the whole solomon becoming king was also mixed into the whole thing that when David got old enough, he was yeah. so old and so feeble that he had to have a woman come and warm his bed. And Adonijah yes. attempted to just usurp the throne from him. If we recall, that whole Adonijah, Solomon, uh, two kings, warring brothers bloodline. It wasn't yeah. until after that was already done that Solomon is like, by the way, I'm going to be king. And David's like, yeah, and I'm going to teach you some kingship. So, I don't know, the timeline just doesn't quite make sense to me. There wasn't a lot of time in my mind between David saying, hey, Solomon, you're going to be king, and then David dying. Dying, yeah. So I think that this is probably to set up the temple as a bigger deal than it was and make it more a part of, like, David, uh, making David even greater. Because it's describing some of the stuff that he gathers up for the temple, including, get this, 3,400 metric tons of gold and 34,000 metric tons of silver, which is just stupid absurd. Right. Like, fuck off, right? 34,000 metric tons of of precious metals out of Israel. And it's it's just going to be there for the taking from the Babylonians, so. (sighs) It's just such a fake-ass number. I hate it. Like, there's no way. Yeah, I mean, does it make sense? Because really... Because the whole getting massive amounts of wealth, that pretty much started with Solomon. Solomon was yeah, the one that he like, was the rich one. Vastly. 
So I, I think they're just retconning the story of David and Solomon and trying to make it more fatherly or make it make more sense. Because David kind of was like, yeah, I'm going to build a temple someday. And he buys an altar. And then that's pretty much it. And then it was Solomon who gets the craftsmen, gets the gold, the silver, the iron to build the temple. Yeah. Yet yeah. here it's like David was like, oh, no, my son Solomon, who's going to be king, totally going to be king. I, I agree to that when yeah. uh, is going to build. And here's all his materials. When in the original story, like um, Nathan was like, hey, didn't you want Solomon to be king? And he's like, who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this also interestingly leaves out the whole Absalom side story and the uh, incestual stuff. rape and all that. Yeah. What Tamar, right, was raped. Tamar was raped by Amnon and then Adonijah, the third son. No, Absalom killed Amnon. Yeah, but then Adonijah is the son that attempted to become king, and then Solomon fought. Whatever we talked about that shit. Yeah, we're making we're making a. This is like the very sitcommy happy version of the whole thing. So, so um, basically, it says that David gets all the leaders together and says, "You're going to help Solomon build this temple. Here's all the shit." That's the end of twenty two. Yeah. Whereas David's original in, in second in First Kings, oddly enough, written from the perspective of people who are being punished for the iniquities of their leaders. Uh, right. the story of David's like, yeah, and his family sucked, and all his kids fought all the time when they weren't raping each other. And then uh, there was <laughs> awesome. all these there was just a bunch of bloodshed and murder, and Dave was like, I want to build a temple, and God's like, You suck. I'm not letting you do that shit. And no then way. in Chronicles, when they're retelling that story, it's just like, and David was just the perfect dad. And he was like, you know what, son? I'm going to give you a $1 million loan to get you started, you know? I was like, all right. Well, you know, it makes sense because, again, as you said, Chronicles, and then we'll go on, I swear to God. Chronicles <laughs> is a book written by a people coming or in destitution, in fucking uh, slavery, right? Exiled from their you home mean country. Kids. You, you want to write good stories about where you came from. You want to have a national identity that makes you proud, right? That's not a, that's not even weird. Nationalism so, is cool. Well, I mean, and a certain they needed it when you're in exile. I mean, in the same way that like keeping, let's say that you're a, a Mexican immigrant, right? You know, you want to keep in touch with like where you're from and like who your people are, and you don't want to just. I don't know. I mean, let's it, say you let's say you've lived here for two hundred years, you know, and you're trying to retell the story of the founding fathers because you're becoming oh a minority in your own town, yeah, <laughs> like a white genocide, yeah, 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 like a genocide, you know. <laughs> and you're like, we gotta do something about all these black. Well, you know who I'm talking about, <laughs> uh, communist, communist, yeah, Marxist what. is what I meant. <laughs> yeah, it just they just all happen to be black makes it easy, right? Okay, so that's chapter twenty two, twenty three. Uh, David's getting old. This is a this is where it starts getting boring. He's old. He makes Solomon king over Israel. All right. Uh, again, feels a little earlier than it did in Samuel, right? Yeah, um, definitely. Solomon was not mentioned at all until after David made him king. The whole idea of and as we recall, David was an old ass fucking dude who was just almost seemingly okay with just letting himself die without really addressing who the next heir would be yeah and then it's nathan kind of like wait wake up wake up adonishai is gonna be king you gotta do something like oh whatever tell Bathsheba i'm putting on pants yeah yeah i'm guessing they knew solomon would be easier to contain or something i'm sure there's a reason probably control but um Um, it's yeah it's kind of funny when when it's a you know like here today we always blame the jews for controlling the world government but when it's you know when they're all jews what do you do oh my god (laughs) 
You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> so, uh, basically, uh, they decide to do a head count of the priests and Levites, which, again, I thought head counts were bad, we decided, yeah, but okay. Yeah, like, Solomon's first act is to start numbering Levites, which were not numbered last time because it was such an abomination to number them. I don't... Whatever. Who knows? But I guess it's because it's a niche group. You're allowed to do it. So they count all the guys that were 30 years or older in the Levites. There's 38,000 of them. Um, David said, hey, of these guys, David splits them up. So even though Solomon is now king, David is still kind of like co-king, I guess. And so they break them up by guys that are going to work in the temple, guys that are going to be judges, guys that are going to be gatekeepers, and guys that are going to be musicians. Nobody cares. Whatever. Now we go into the different... Uh, clans within the tribe of Levites. You've got the Gershonites, the Kohathites, the Merathites, and it, or Merites, Merarites, whatever. And we go into... From, the, uh, from House Merari. So. Yeah, cool. Um, we go into like each of those groups and who's kind of the... Le- the it's a bunch of names. Who, who's the leaders of these different clans. Um, what is interesting, though, is it talks about who's able to serve in the temple. So anyone over 20 years of age is allowed to be a worker in the temple. You don't want a bunch of kids goofing off in the temple, you know, I guess. It's kind of an interesting thing because, so Moses had kids, right? But Uh Aaron's line is the one that will become the priest. And oddly enough, even though Moses is obviously superior to Aaron, it's Moses' line that will essentially dwindle into nothing. And Moses' children are only really mentioned a couple times in Judges, because they tried to set up a false altar, and then now they're kind of mentioned here, like, oh, yeah, we put them in charge of, like, making bread or whatever. You know? Yeah. It, it, there's probably it's kind some, of filling in some blanks. At the time it was written. Yeah. At the time this was written, there was probably some cultural significance to that that we're not seeing. That they felt the need to be like, yeah, even though Aaron was the lesser of the two brothers, he's the one that you have to fucking listen to now. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So it kind of also goes into the duties of these guys, right? Um, Does not supposed to, Yeah, they're supposed to do all this different shit. Not important. We've already covered all this. Um, um, in fact, the next the end of 23. three chapters, we're probably just going to blaze through because none of it really fucking matters. Um, yep. He, so, so the whole point is that 23, he's like, by the way, we're going to start breaking up the Levites and giving them different tasks. Uh, yeah. We're gonna have so the rest a, of the book just class. covers. We're going to have a... Yeah. yeah. So he split some of them into musicians. David liked his music. He split some of them into gatekeepers. Got to have people that watch the gates. He's got some of them that run the military, which I don't even think that's exactly. Levites is just part of a different action. Yeah, I think it's just breaking up different um, groups. Right. The army division is kind of cool because, it, in fact, it's not Levites. That's chapter 27 is the army divisions. And each month, a different tribe was on duty for all 12 months throughout the year which is kind of cool so like uh the first month is um what it says descendants of perez the next month it's uh mick what i don't know who this guy is but it's it's got all these different divisions right that are mostly based on the tribes um there was dodai and ahohite was the second see all right is it i thought it was just every month some dude would become like one different military would take over watch I didn't think it was like... Yeah, I guess it's not based on tribes. It's based on different clans. Because there's a couple yeah, different Ephraimite ones. Yeah. The, the way they kind of break it up is that there were 12 squadrons, 12 militaries that existed. I don't think they're really broken up by tribe. They just happen to be... Kind of, maybe it's geographically. I don't fucking know. 
Um, it, yeah. it, it mentions who the leaders are, but not really much more than that. Um, but you essentially have 12 armies, and then every single month one would rotate in. So you have 11 months off and one month on. And you have um, 24,000 men on e- in each division. So there's always 24,000 dudes basically on guard duty for the entire nation of Israel. Yeah. And the only one that really matters, so you have Asahiel, the brother of Joab. You have Benaniah, one of David's mighty 30, uh, who's got to be old I'm most of these fuck. guys were part of that, right? Um, Abiziar of would the Benjamites. It. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Again, this might be the next generation, maybe. Yeah, but because David's old. But twelve captains, twelve armies. They each take a month. Where they're yeah, on it's really cute. It is cute. You got to give it. Oh, that. It's more like the National Guard. You know, like you get called in, you do a couple of weekends, whatever. Do your time. Yeah. So next, it goes through the leaders of the tribes. So it basically, just gives you an update. Okay, the the Reubenites are now led by Eleazar. The Simeonites, this guy, blah 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 blah. It goes down. Uh, interestingly enough, Judah is not led by David. It's led by Elihu a brother of David. So it's kind of interesting that they divide the labor just because David is the king. He's not the king. He's not the leader of his tribe. Well, Um, well, to me, it's like, let's say you were the governor of Texas and then you become president. Texas still needs a governor. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, and I'm imagining Ellie, who is his older brother, probably because David was not the eldest. He was the youngest. Yeah. That makes sense. Of uh, what's his dad's name? Jesse. So Elihu is probably naturally, like it's probably the eldest son of the most important family they, is the they tribe name leader. all his brothers in First Samuel. If we cared, we could go back and list it, but I don't. So don't care. Okay, so those are all the leaders of the different tribes listed there. If you care, you can open up the Bible to First Corinthians, uh, sorry, First Chronicles uh, chapter twenty-seven. Don't do it though. Um, next, we have all the king's overseers, right? So these are guys in charge of like olive oil and camels and donkeys and shit. Um, just if you again. Little details of how the countries run. Uh, looks like a lot of guys' uh, industry were put in charge of these different positions. It, it is kind of weird if you take this time, because there's a certain names that kind of pop out. Ahithophel was Jehoiada, the son of Benaiah, then Abiathar, and then the general of the king's army was Joab. So it's kind of talking about leaders. Ahithophel yeah. and Abiathar are important because those are the two leaders that help Adonijah secede the throne. They essentially betray oh. the line of David. Quote, unquote. They don't okay. fucking know. Adonijah was like, hey, I'm going to become king. I need some boys. And Abiathar and um, God Ahithophel are the guys who are like, oh, yeah, we'll be your counsel. You know, we counseled for your dad. Sure. We're going to help you out. Uh, and then it was Nathan who took Solomon. Um, Ahithophel was the one where, like, Adonijah is like, what should I do to, like, become king and he's like you should fuck your dad's ma or fuck your dad's wife and he's like all right <laughs> it is a good idea just take some concubines fuck them on the roof and he's like that is a good plan <laughs> you know? so like you gotta, it's just, you gotta hand it to him it's just kind of weird that we're talking about solomon building the temple which he would have had to have been king for a while to do and yet we're also talking about leaders who by this point were dead because that was instead of because we're gonna get to chapter 28 Chapter 28 is like David basically being like, Solomon, you got to build a temple. But Solomon really didn't get those instructions in Kings. Uh, the instructions he got were like, remember Abiathar, the guy that fucked me over? He gets exiled. Remember Ahithophel? Kill his ass. Remember Joab? Kill it. So the people were mentioning as if they're like all one big happy family helping out Solomon. Solomon no. killed those dudes before yeah, he ever yeah. started working on the temple that he's now referencing when he's, he's working the temple. on it's just weird yeah these guys were all purged so it's very strange but whatever i mean again these guys were writing it 
uh, what, a thousand or hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years after this happened. So not surprising that, although, you know, did they lose the scroll for fucking Second Samuel? Because they could have just copied it. I don't, I don't know. Well, that's probably something we should do before this podcast is done. But yeah. Kings and Samuel. Well, Samuel is allegedly written during the time it happened by Samuel. But it, uh, uh, the, the way they're retconning it is that they're saying that Samuel was with a band of prophets. Which is how they explain that the story goes on after his death. Uh, okay. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Something that that reminds me is like when we were talking about the division of the priests, which is interesting when like like he's like, oh yeah, let me number all the Levites and divvy them out. It's kind of brushed over, but Abiathar was the last living remnant of Eli who raised Samuel. So again, if you actually get into how the timeline works, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense that people are writing it as they say they did but it, it whatever it doesn't matter but the, 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 they tried their best the context is that first and second kings and i think all the books that happened after this job isaiah all that shit was written during that 70 years where they had a whole lot of time on their hands during the babylonian exile and chronicles gotcha. which knows those stories is written after the fact as people are returning from babylon so yes Trickling back in. So it would make sense. It's not just written hundreds of years after this shit happened. It's also written in the context of reflecting on things. They already know all the other stories that happened during this time. Trying to make it sound like David and Solomon were fucking father-son tag team duo working as a team. Whatever. It works for them. Um, Okay. So, chapter 28. Like Cole said, this is... uh, setting the temple plan into place. Now, David gets together, it says, all the officials of Israel to assemble the temple. So officers of the tribes, commanders of all the different divisions, uh, basically anyone who nowadays would probably be deserving a good hashtag me tooing, if I if I had to guess, right? Like just just guys that are at the top um of all these little petty uh jobs they have. Okay. So gets them all together. Um, David says, listen, guys, my fellow Israelites, we gotta, we gotta put a place for the ark. We gotta have a place to set the, you know, the covenant with the Lord. Um, and, uh, God told me that I can't do it because I shed too much blood. So here's the guy that's going to be doing it. This is Solomon. He's basically setting up the passing of the baton, right? Making it where there's not going to be a squabble. Again, I feel like Nathan is probably behind all this, you know? Well, yeah, it's making it seem like there wasn't a squabble because Abiathar, or sorry, Adonijah, the son, the older brother of Solomon who is attempts to secede the throne, is alive yeah. at this time. It isn't until yes. after David's dead that uh, is like, hey, can I bang that uh, maid of his? Like the lady that like would keep his bed warm that he didn't fuck, but yeah. can I just bang yeah. her? And he's like, guess what? You got to die. So David's dead by the time uh, is dead, who's allegedly alive this whole time. I don't know. We're just brushing over. It. It's fine. And not mentioned. And not but mentioned Yeah, whatever. Like as if this is like a seamless transition. Uh, God's divinity and providence at, at play here. But anyway, um, he's like, hey, listen, not only am I going to create all this raw resources and tools to build the temple, which he didn't do, but he also claims he's got written instructions on how to build the temple, which I don't think was mentioned in Kings, but they're claiming that like in the same way how when we were with Moses' time, and he's like, hey, guys, here's all the written instructions on how to build this fucking table to hold bread. 
We yeah. didn't mention that earlier, but he's claiming he has something just like that. Which I thought that wasn't found until near the end of Second Kings, when one of the good kings found it. Who was like Asa or somebody found uh, it? I think it's I Hezekiah. Uh, yeah, but but Hezekiah doesn't find that. He finds a book of law. Uh, whatever, so, same whatever. thing. I mean, I feel like those things would all be in the same dusty pot. But anyway, same old shit. By the way, I love my son, and I'm going to give him all these instructions, and I'm going to give him all these materials so he can build a temple, which he didn't do. So fine, whatever. But there's nothing to it. That's yeah. 28. That's the whole fucking thing. That's it. Uh, 29 is basically David doing like the Rockefeller thing, where he shows uh, how much he gave right personally to uh, towards the building of the temple, which of course is ridiculous. He's the king. It's the people's money. Right. <laughs> uh, that was that was like, you know, stolen from nearby tribes. So David makes a big show of giving all this stuff to help build the temple, blah, 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 put my name on it. Right. Um, yeah. And even though it's Solomon's temple, so God He's is like, nice. look at how much money uh, I'm giving to the temple. And they're like, but I, I lost my leg making that gold for you. He's like, yep. <laughs> go. hey, everybody, look how good I am. Uh, it's disgusting. And then he gives a uh, a prayer in the presence of the whole assembly, of course. You know, praise be to God, yada, yada, yada. You're the best. You're the coolest. You're so strong. Oh, I love it when you touch me. Uh-huh. Um, and it goes on like that for a while. Eventually, they acknowledge Solomon as the king with sacrifices in front of the Lord, making it official. This is the new guy. And then, of course, David, son of Jesse, dies. Uh, it's kind of interesting because, like, when we read Samuel and Kings, they're like, and don't worry, if you want to know more, it's in the book of Chronicles, which thus far hasn't really been true. But in this book, in Chronicles, they're like, yeah, if you want to learn more, just read the book of Samuel. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a very circular uh, referencing system. But, hey, uh, it works. But it's kind of That's interesting. It says they are written in the book of Samuel the seer, in the book of Nathan the prophet, and in the book of Gad the seer. So Ooh, we need to find we only the had, book of Gad. I mean, that might explain why bits of Samuel go on after his death. You know, and in fact, Second Samuel is completely after his death because uh, the book of Second Samuel involves the seer of Gad. So it, it it would make sense that second. I don't know why the Bible's like no Samuel wrote everything uh, when this in Chronicles they're like oh yeah Nathan Gad and Samuel wrote that book. Yes, Josh Gad, uh, the guy who voiced uh, the snowman in Frozen. Great. I believe it's his, it's his uh, ancestor. Right. Okay, Great. so uh, that's the end of First Chronicles. Contact. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to sum up. David's like, all right, I'm out of here. Peace. And I'm going to go out like a king. And it was great. And there was cake and there was pizza. And he was like, let's do a big old prayer. And I'm just going to hand peacefully over the kingdom to my son, Solomon. No need to kill a bunch of people, Solomon. We're going to skip that part. And time to go. And then he killed a bunch of people. <laughs> Although I'm, I wonder if it's going to address that in Second Chronicles. I wonder if it will. Because, yeah, because David's story was filled with a lot of shit that just didn't make sense or was very suspicious. All his enemies just mysteriously dying. And then the assassins are like, hey, where's my bounty? And he's like, you die too. You know, I'm not just covering up loose ends or some shit. And then in this story where really the story is that David's like, ah, kill Joab. You know, (laughs) like it's... Yeah. um, 
It's just much more bloodthirsty in the original version. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but that is the end of First Chronicles. I feel like we did a fairly good job of that. You don't need to read all that shit. You're, no, you're welcome, yeah, I mean, audience. Second Chronicles, same way. Excited to just blaze through it. <sighs> it's a lot of. It's going to be a lot more of the same stories. I bet we can do it, knock it out in three or four weeks, though. God willing. Just flipping through it. There's not as many lists of names that I can tell. There's a couple. But uh, it is. I, I do I see a lot of like, familiar names. Yeah, I'm sure we will. But it is like because well, it is kind of interesting because Second Kings is really when they were like, "Hey, by the way, read Chronicles." And Second Chronicles is really kind of covering Second Kings. So yeah, uh, yeah, I expect they kind of line up that and stuff. Yeah, um, should but, be fun. First Kings ends with. No, it's, I think Second Chronicles is going to cover both books of Kings. First Chronicles covered both books of Samuel. That's pretty much how it is, because yeah, because uh, they're really one s- book each. Yeah, Solomon's dealio. Solomon dies in First Kings eleven, so like twenty five percent through First and Second Kings. If you consider them one book, Solomon's only like in the first quarter, and then the rest yeah. is like the split of Israel. Blah 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 blah. Jeroboam, shit yeah. like that. Rehoboam, all the boots. So, so yeah, we're going to cover all that right up until the exile, I think, in Second Chronicles. So but, it'll be fun. Yeah, it kind of seems funny that Second Chronicles is essentially going to cover First uh, and Second Kings. But uh, yes. that'll be boring as shit. Good luck. Well, yep. We'll, we'll make it. We'll I, do it I like say that. This I, one. I, let, let, obviously, we're going to have a recap of Chronicles, which will be a, essentially a recap of. A recap of Samuel. Um, great. Uh, but there's always something... There is a lot of interestingness into just the context. When you kind of think of it from the point of view of this was written after everything and four returning Jews coming back to Israel, having the shit kicked out of them for 70 years, It's uh, after having been liberated by Persians, yeah. it's kind of an interesting context, you know. Yeah, it's um, it's weird times in the neighborhood for these guys. Um, I think that I'm hoping that we get some interesting context because, as you you know, we had all this. Oh, if you want to learn more about this guy, it's going to be over here. I really hope we get some of those little tidbits so it's at least fresh stuff this time. Yeah, I I almost wonder because this one, I, because it's directly referencing previous books, I ended up reading a lot of First and Second Samuel again. You know, yeah. just to be like, okay, what actually did happen here? There's a couple things. Um, not that they really matter, because who gives a shit? Uh, in Second Samuel, when God gives David his choice, it was seven years of famine, three months oh, of really? uh, attack, three days of plague. In this one, it's three years, three months, three days. So that probably huh. makes more sense. I don't know. Uh, uh, and when David was like, yeah, seven years of famine, you're like, oh, that, that sounds bad. And then when you get the yeah. kings, you're like, in the third year of famine, we ate our kids. You're like, oh, seven years of famine might be pretty. <laughs> Twice as long. You know. No, thank you. But kind of by the time. I don't want any years of famine. Yeah. It, it seems like three years of famine is about the limit of which how much famine these people can handle. Before you just die. Yeah, seven yeah. years of famine. Oh, you mean a desert, a wasteland where everyone's gone? Okay. Could be fun. Because, yeah, at, at three years of famine, they were eating bird shit and then fighting over it. You know? Yeah. And it, it was good bird shit if it had extra seeds in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. 
Uh, <laughs> all right, well, we'll do a recap app. I'm sure everyone's fucking excited about that. Yeah, a recap of a recap. Least of all Great. us. And uh, <laughs> what's our uh, what's our Twitter handle? Yeah, if you don't already, follow us on Twitter at BiblePimps. And if you want to send us an email, you can do that at revelationspodcast at gmail.com. Listen, if you're a journalist out there, stay safe. Make sure you're bringing your Pinkerton armed guards with you. <laughs> Pinkerton kind of came in the news because they are a big part of Red Dead Redemption 2. And yeah. like it was all over Reddit. But like, you know, they're still in business. And apparently they're still killing <laughs>